Hello and welcome to Relationship Rescue, the podcast. Every relationship begins with you. Welcome to 2024 and we are going to get started on a series of how to recover in, uh, from gaslighting. And yes, most narcissists are the gaslighters, but there's also gaslighting uh, people gaslight that are also not necessarily the narcissist, right? They have severe narcissistic tendencies, but they're not, you know, they don't fall under that, that narcissist um, label. So what we're going to do during this series is I'm going to pull it apart, pull everything apart. And one of the things that what happens is with gaslighting, okay, is that when a toxic person an unhealthy person can no longer control you. They're going to try to control how you see yourself and how others see you. Um, but you have to know that eventually, I promise you this, that at some point, I don't know when, but people will see the truth of who they are. They will. And you have to stay within your, um, your own truth. But here's the thing, how do you do that when you have been gaslit for pro probably a long time and you no longer know what your truth is? And um, one of the things about narcissism or gaslighting is that, you know, yes, uh, most people find themselves in trauma bonds with narcissists, but there are people that fall for narcissists that um, didn't have a really horrible dysfunctional childhood or you know they didn't have a narcissistic parent you know there is always something within them that keeps them as attached to the narcissist or the gaslighter but you can have come from a pretty solid background and fall for these people because they are very coy um and so what i want to start with today is that you know how do you know if your friend is involved with a narcissist or somebody that's gaslighting them, right? Um, let's say that your, your, your friend was gregarious. She, the, she or he was fun. They were outgoing. They were, they were, you know, they were pretty cool, right? Not cool, I don't mean it like that, but they were, that you love to be around them. But all of a sudden, they seem really quiet. They seem insecure, self-conscious, they're guarded. And that's a hint that they're being mistreated in some way. But see, but without any signs of abuse, outward signs of abuse, no one intervenes. And this is what uh, uh, one of the way, what looks like a narcissistic abusive relationship looks like from the outside. And this is why the narcissist is able to continue that behavior, right? Because um, the victims are either in deep denial, right? Or they have really been made to believe and they believe that it's all their fault. All of the discord, all of the gaslighting, the lies, the manipulations, it's their fault. So it keeps the victim um, kind of, uh, I don't know, am I the bad one? Am I the narcissist? Am I wrong? And so oftentimes what happens when, um, when, when the person is going through this, right, they, they're trying to reach enough, um, get enough courage to reach out to someone 
but they but they just they can't they can't figure it out and eventually they don't want to look stupid they don't want to look dumb they don't want to admit that wow this happened right so narcissistic people don't care about your gender your race your religion your social status well some do actually care about the social status but they're not discriminatory in any way and you know if you are living with someone or healing or recovering from that toxic relationship from that toxic person you know understanding that mindset of somebody that has is a narcissist or has severe narcissistic tendencies um it gives you a new the victim possibly you a new perspective of what what you know of of grace for yourself basically because you can see that this is they're very good at gaslighting and manipulating and lying and I want you to focus on gaining insight to either remove, hopefully either remove yourself from the situation, but continue to find ways in order to keep yourself secure and safe, your mind, so you don't keep falling victim to the gaslighting while you're deciding your next step, right? So maybe you're aware that, um, that you can't seem to leave that you you want to walk away maybe this is already in your conscious awareness and you see who they are and you know what they're doing but you can't figure out or you're not sure how you can let go of this or maybe you've you know what you managed to walk away but you're worried that you're going to go back or that um you know what or you'll never find anybody better and i understand they're valid concerns they really are and you know so but let's let's look at some let's look at narcissism because it's kind of a um, the true meaning of narcissism gets confusing and people get it confused. Um, it's most commonly actually related to people of strong personalities whose confidence kind of borderlines on arrogance, and sometimes these individuals need to dominate the conversation even if their topics aren't in their strongest area, right? And their ego influences their, their need to be the center of intention attention now although that you know these behaviors sound similar to narcissistic personalities but there there's there's differences between that and a narcissist and what sets them apart and we're during this series we're going to touch on everything but let's start with some narcissism 101 and let me kind of tell you give you some um traits that these are these are characteristics of a narcissist and any two or more you're in trouble big trouble but you know, so let's go number one grandiose perspective of their accomplishments talents and capabilities they think they're better than they are and they will they will definitely lie about that to people um to you probably to or now if you you're on to them you'll see this with the, how they talk about their accomplishments and who they are and what they've done with strangers or anybody. Um, most of them, many of them, will display perfectionism in every area of their lives and expected from others. Um, they need constant attention, admiration. No matter how much they receive, though, it never, ever seems like enough. They're very focused on superficial things. Appearance. Oh, my gosh, their appearance. They don't leave the house 
unless they have this perfect appearance. Right? There's no leaving the house without like it. You know, the lipstick has to be on, the hair has to be perfect. Um, men, just as much of their grooming etiquette is is is, is crazy. Just it's perfection. They have to um, not just look good. Okay. The social status, they focus on these superficial things. Um, they expect special treatment, even when it's not deserved. And they'll bring up things like, well, you know, I did do this. I did, which a lot of the times is nothing. But they, they hang their hat on whatever they do for somebody else. Because for them, that is a great feat. Right? That, that is whoa, wait a minute, I did something for somebody else. These people need to thank me. They need to be like, you are amazing. Because why? They have, a, um, they have to use this manipulation and lying to get what they want. Even if it means exploiting and taking advantages of others for their own wants. Because remember, everything is about what they want. Not about what other people want or need. What they want and need. And they have a deficit in their ability to self-regulate emotionally. So you're going to see them reacting in the rage, the temper tantrums, the anger. Then they withdraw from you. They threaten you. They're going to leave you. They're going to abandon you. Um, some have a very, you know, they have a lack of emotional connection with others. Um, they ver they're very good at pretending they have uh, an emotional connection. But that emotional connection is only... Um, as good as and as long as you're doing what they want from you. The minute they think you're on to them, the minute they um, you challenge them, you ask, you know, what, what's going on here, um, the minute they feel criticized, that emotional connection is chopped off because there was never actual an emotional connection. They have a very much of lack respect for personal boundaries, lack empathy. They can they can fake empathy really well, but that, that they're going to get something out of it. They can act as if I'm crying, they're crying, they're feeling this way, they're feeling that way. But as long as it gets them to, to something, somewhere, there is, they lack accountability for their actions. And if you, if they feel there's any negative criticism, that reaction that comes at you is humongous, it's big, it's rage, it's temper tantrums, it's anger, Right? It's, it's like being locked in a cage with a, an, a, a, a rabid animal, an angry animal. And when that animal is awake and you've pissed it off, <laughs> it feels as if there is no escape and you will die. And that's not an exaggeration. Your entire soul the part of you within you, that the source within you, God within you, is so trying to get your ego to see, we got to get out of here, right? So under this umbrella of narcissism, there's four main categories, okay? And um, so some of the traits that I just talked about um, are seen in every category of narcissism. and But the main difference among, among those is how they express personality traits, right? So there's the classic narcissist. 
This group is a stereotypical narcissist who basically openly and unapologetically display all those traits that I just talked about. Um, they don't see how their behavior is wrong or hurtful. And they will deflect the blame and the wrongdoing on others. It's always somebody else's fault. They are the victim. Then there's the vulnerable narcissist. These individuals are also known as kind of the closet narcissist. Um, they, they still have these beliefs of superiority, right? But they're more introverted and avoid the spotlight. Which doesn't that go against everything you've known, think about a narcissist, but it's the truth. They attach themselves to people who are considered popular and already receive special treatment than, um, than actively seeking it out. So they get attention by playing the victim, okay, to these people, or through false generosity. They don't give from the heart. They do it for attention that it gets them. So this is where I was talking about there's no emotional connection. It's about what can I get from being emotional. Okay, so that's the vulnerable. Now let's look at the communal, which um, can also, there's very, you know, so the vulnerable is covert. The communal is even covert. So this is, they're very sneaky to spot, right? They seem like they're strong advocates in the community or with even specific charities, but they're not supporting the cause for the humanitarian reasons, but it's for praise and acknowledgement, right? It's always about trying to feed their misguided self. There's the malignant, right? Um, these are the most toxic and ruthless of narcissists. They're highly, highly manipulative. and But here's what's crazy is they seemingly get pleasure from exploiting others okay so um, they're aggressive they're controlling deceitful and they do anything to dominate and worst of all they feel no remorse so now let's go and we're gonna look under you know under each of these main categories okay so remember we've got um, you, might, you might need to go back and listen to this a couple times, but you have the classic, the vulnerable, the communal, and the malignant. Now, under each of these main categories, you have the overt, okay, which is this group practices, you know, the methods that are out there in the open for everyone to see, right? Um, this is the classic, the communal. They are overt. They show. They're grandiose. They show, right? This, they, they're showing people their narcissism. The covert are really good at hiding what they do. And this is the covert narcissist as the one that is uh, makes it difficult to spot in a relationship. They convince others of their truth. They're sneaky, very sneaky. The lies and the manipulations and the gaslighting are intense. Right? Um, they're passive aggressive and they're very easily able to manipulate without another person's awareness at first, okay? The vulnerable group is always covert, okay? Um, because of what they're doing, the very nature of what they're doing, they lack empathy and remorse. They only feel remorse when they're caught, but not for very long. Cerebral. What are the cerebral ones? Okay, so um, 
they see their intellect as superior, making them believe they're more intelligent than everyone else. They monopolize the conversation, constantly proving how much they know, and they interrupt while speaking a lot. So then you have the somatic. They're focused on their bodies, very focused and judge others for their outward appearance. They're very likely to seek partners they can use as either shiny objects, okay? Um, they obsess about weight, physiques, looks, and will criticize their partners for not meeting their standards, right? So a lot of the grandiose uh, narcissists, you know, think trophy wife, think trophy husband, think, you know, and they themselves are, you know, looking for the perfect perfection in their body. And this kind of can, this can be the covert also. Um, now, there's also a subgroup, which is subtype, which is basically only relates to the vulnerable or the covert groups, which is inverted. Um, these individuals are the wounded victims who blame everyone else for what they've gone through. They attach themselves to other narcissists to feel exceptional. And these people are most likely to have developed their personality from childhood trauma. There's this, the sadistic they are strictly under the, the malignant category. And remember, the malignant people are aggressive, controlling, deceitful, and they will do anything to dominate, right? So the sadistics um, are compared to the sociopathic, the psychopathic mindsets. And they will actually take great pleasure in other people's pain. They thrive on humiliating, hurting, and destroying other people's self-worth. Spiritual. Okay, so the, the spiritual... This is the guy, you know, the, the gal that is um, holier than thou. Um, they use religion and spirituality to shame others. And what do they use it for? To justify their treatment. So, you know, it's very clear, by the way, that the narcissists have traits from each of these individual categories. But sometimes the focus is specifically on one area based on whatever is important to them. Remember, it's about what's important to them. What are they going to get? Well, how how do they get to be this way? How is this? How does a narcissist get to be the way they are? It's so perplexing, right? How does somebody go through life doing this? Um, genetic and environmental influences, right? For sure. Especially the childhood, uh, childhood traumas. Um, See, studies of the area of the brain um, that, that processes emotions, empathy, and certain cognitive functions have shown deterioration or lack of development for those with narcissistic personality disorder. So pretty much then, we're not born with narcissistic personality disorder. It's developed in childhood through experiences genes and what they're surrounded by within their environment their family biggest school friends so here's an important part to remember okay just because a young person expresses you know narcissistic traits doesn't mean they're going to develop the disorder this disorder develops as through age right and then also the environment. Um, sometimes, you know, if you see it in teenagers, it can be typical of what there's going on in their age group, focusing on their self, right? Um, 
I want to give you some other, you know, possible reasons narcissists become the way they do. They um, develop an, uh, like, how can I call it? An insensitive disposition at a young age. So when they're rejected and neglected by a parent, parents, bullied, they become insensitive to the people that are rejecting, neglecting them. They absorb um, manipulative tactics from their caregivers, their parents, or siblings, or their friends. So if a child is living in a, in a household, watching the mother or the father manipulate others through their lies, through their passive aggressiveness, um, through one parent saying, don't tell the other parent, through one parent um, enmeshed with the child, slamming the other parent, um, you know, telling them how bad they are, or just any, any, any things they witness. It's a big reason when they're absorbing those manipulation tactics in the childhood home. Also comes from being overly praised for good behavior and highly belittled for bad behavior, okay? There's a fine line, right? So these people have been either, most of them, overly praised or highly belittled, ignored, rejected. There's unclear boundaries or expectations in the household. Detached parents that don't care, that don't show up to sporting events, that don't care about the, or the school plays or whatever it is, that have no real care, only focus on themselves. Um, unrealistically praised, you know, obviously the experience of the trauma in childhood, the neglect, the abandonment or the abuse and abandonment and neglect and rejection can happen with two parents. Um, they have inconsistent and unreliable caregiving. They're fearful. They're fearful of a parent or parents. They can't, and they can't rely on them. Um, they're uh, highly overindulged by those around them growing up, okay? Um, then also, they learned to have unrealistic focus placed on their looks, their body image or capabilities through usually a parent, a parent that is focused on their own looks. This is a big thing on what does the family, what do people outside of the family think of them? It's always about don't, you know, don't tell the truth, we have to look the best, we have to act the best, but in the house, all hell is breaking loose. So now you kind of have a clear definition of narcissism. You have a clear definition of their personal traits and possible reasons for why they developed. So next time what we're gonna do is start focusing on the tactics that these, the, the gaslighting, um, you know, what are the narcissist's tactics to control, right? See, you, you can't force someone to respect you, right? It's impossible but you can refuse to be disrespected. And that is one of the lessons that I want to, not lessons, to, things that I need you to know if you're in this type of a relationship. They're not gonna respect you, they're not. But you can refuse to be disrespected and this is where it starts. Until next time, thank you for tuning in today. Um, this, is, this is gonna go on for a couple weeks, right? So. Um, Click the link in the, um, the show notes here because you want to get on my newsletter. Um, 2024 is going to be a year for relationship rescue. Every relationship begins with you, a first of really taking you and guiding you through the toxic relationship, through divorce, 
how to find the one, how to date in your 40s and 50s and after divorce and 60s. You know, we're going through all of it. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, I love you. I care. Go out there and shine. Shine. Let your light shine through every moment of every day.